not winning 90% of your new business because you have some sort of incredible value. I'm going to take a bit of a different angle. You know, I've got a budget this big. I'm going to give it to you because you have a, a really killer plan. You give a Red Bull to a turtle, what do you expect? I think that's a dead turtle. <laughs> so let's move on to... Uh, Ebrick. Cheers. 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 Does your current premium finance company lock you into long-term agreements? That's because they don't want you talking to us. At IFS, we win your business the good old-fashioned way, with customer service. I know you don't always have to use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Hi there, and welcome to another special episode of the Digital Insurance Pint Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom Reed, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitch Insurance. Hello. Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance. Hey, everybody. And Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. Good day. Today's episode is our predictions for the future. We should have a crystal ball going here, you know, some little flames coming out of it or something like that. Anyway, 2023 predictions. So we're going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to uh, spit out a series of predictions and or provocative statements. And I'll get the guys to tell me whether these are going to come to pass, whether I am full of shit. Or there's you know some possibility of these things coming to play. Let's start with one of our our most uh, beloved topics here: mergers and acquisitions. My prediction is that M and A is going to continue to run hot, right? But we're going to see we won't see the rising multiples, but we will continue to see more consolidation. I agree. I think that multiples will stay steady, even though interest rates go up and so on, because there'll be fewer things to buy. The other piece is that uh, private equity is not patient and they don't know how to grow organically. So if there's less stuff, they need to grow. So the only way to do that is bye, 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 bye. I'm not far off. Supply and demand. I, I was making the bold prediction. Things will, multiples will hold and go up and, and deals will continue. Ditto. Agree. Great. Awesome. Okay. So uh, our favorite subject, I'm going to predict uh, that in 2023, we are still going to have carrier portals, unfortunately. I, I predict you'll have more. Agreed. Agree. There will be more because Guidewire will bring the portal revolution to every small market <laughs> <laughs> available. <laughs> but true. the good thing is, the uh, now with the robotic process automation, there's new tools. Hopefully, in 2023, to temper or replace the human labor with a bot labor. So that's going to be, I think, the changing point. So yes, they're pulling up portals. They're simpler, simple. They're easier for the company. Worse for us. But we're going to combat that with uh, robots. You want to leverage technology. To make your shop more efficient, Mr. Insurance Company, we're going to leverage technology to do that work for us. But you can't block us and say, well, we're changing our stuff too much. Or yeah, I, I think we need they need to work with us a bit more. If they're going to continue to give us the portal, make us use it, they got to help us with solutions to make to reduce that friction, in my opinion. I'd say there, there's, that's an interesting one because essentially what I hear you saying is I have a shitty process for my carriers 
So I am going to invest money to make the impact of said shitty process less on me um, because it appears nobody wants to fix that shitty process. Well, there shouldn't be like we shouldn't be spending any money. And obviously, the holy grail is policy change, very difficult, but and also for new business. But if we can get a, a bot to do it and you know, it can do it for two or three dollars per transaction, where we could be spending 25 to 35 minutes with a processor, the economics make it suck a little bit less. And we can get through we can get through a transitionary period. I thought I, I begrudgingly started using portals in 2005. I uh, didn't want to, but I did said, hey, if we can get rid of them by 2015, I'm doing my part now to keep the prices low and provide better service to my clients. It is now 2022. And before you know it, 2023 will happen. And we're not going to see as many as much stuff improved that we would like to do. But we got to keep you know putting it on everybody's radar, bringing it up. Eventually, hopefully it sinks in. And there's some change. You know, it's despicable that we have to do this, that we have to like spend money to come up with stuff to offset key clicks. It's a battle of the key clicks. Oh, your key clicks become my key clicks. Now I'm going to create technology to put it back to. Uh, yeah, it's go ahead, Adam. Sorry. I, I have a prediction that angry Jeff will replace angry Steve in 2023 <laughs> when all the CTOs put a captcha on the sign-in screen of the portals <laughs> and it blows up all of his RPAs. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on here. Let's, let's, let's bring us out West here. So uh, y'all, y'all know that uh, 12,000 people in Alberta voted Daniel Smith in to be premier. Um, there's an election coming up in May uh, the polls are not looking good for the UCP. I am predicting an NDP, either minority or potentially even a majority. And then uh, within the first month of the NDP taking office, they're going to they're going to cap auto rates, cause another crisis in in insurance in Alberta. What do you guys think? I think you deserve it. <laughs> I think you should give them a, 19, a preview of 1990 when the NDP got into got into the office in Ontario and what a, how much of a disaster that was. Oh, we don't have to look back that far. We just have to look back four years on the NDP was in last time and the disaster they caused then. Well, here's here's the thing, Tom. Probably 10 or 15% of your workers actually care about insurance rates in Newfoundland and Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. So. Because that's where your workers come from. That is true. Although they drive cars in Alberta, so they got to pay insurance. They got to well, pay insurance. We, right we, and then just to let you know, Ontario, the biggest auto insurer in Canada, is going to go through an auto reform next year in 2023. So we're going through a reform, and uh, they're going to probably, my assumption is, they're going to reduce the benefits. You know, people that are paying already have coverage through work through benefits plans. They're going to allow you to buy down and reduce the cost of the product. It's yet to be seen, but that's going to be a big issue in 2023 for Ontario brokers. Adam, this one's for you. What's going to happen at Pembridge? I don't know. Uh, so they had layoffs at Allstate and Pembridge. They've had really big backlogs in, in service problems. Um, it looks profitable from my perspective. Uh, I don't know. It's small. It seems precarious as to what's going to happen with it. I, I, I don't know that I have a bold prediction, as, but it does look curious. What's their premium? What are they writing now with all the different arms in Canada? Like, are they a four or $500 million company? I actually don't know. If it's going to survive, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I know a bit about Pembridge. And, yeah, if that thing's going to survive, it's going to be because of Jennifer Power. She's kick-ass. 
Awesome. Let's move on here. So a uh, couple of quick predictions for you guys. Echo stock price, up, down, sideways. Steve? Up. But not. it's not going to chase intact to a certain degree unless they make an acquisition. I bet you a mirror's intact. Like one goes up 10%, the other one goes up 10%. I bet you it'll go up with the market. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So Gore uh, has, over the past year and change, made some really interesting bold assertions about their strategy um how do you guys where, where do you see that going in 2023 are they gonna are they gonna actually hit some of these predictions they're making um steve first um gore isn't in atlantic canada and uh i'm really looking forward to them coming here particularly in the middle of them shitting the bed and trying to buy business okay so steve says you want to grow give me a contract uh adam gore yeah, it's a it's a big bold strategy to go national at that scale, and uh, they have some big hills to climb through the middle of the country and some of the west and and out east. So it's going to be a really expensive plan to implement. I don't think there's a cheap or easy way to do it, and so the doubt in my mind is uh, how long do they continue to fund it, um, and and you know will they will they maintain board confidence through it. Uh, I think they can do it. Uh, can they maintain funding and confidence in the plan or does it start to make more sense to partner up with, with Walwanisa or Beneva or some other mutual, um, to attack the similar plan together? Adam brought up some good points. Like when you're trying to expand into uh, provinces that have government run auto and you can only get one line of business and there's how much growth can you get? at that point and how much infrastructure to look after that. And then how do you raise capital as a mutual? There's some creative ways I forget, but there's some way a mutual can raise capital and somebody explained it to me, but it's super difficult. So, you know, how do you, you know, you have to grow by being profitable and putting more money in the coffer. You can't go out of the market unless you make a big acquisition. And I'm not sure if an acquisition was part of it. So I'm a big fan of big, hairy, audacious goals, the BHAG. And I think their goal was great. And it really got them to shoot higher and, you know, if they don't hit it, but they're still, you know, 40, 50% bigger, better company, you know, it's still great. So uh, I'd like to see, and we're doing this a bit premature. I'd like to see everybody's results at year end. Uh, and I'll tell you a bit more how the last year went. Let's talk about mutuals. What do you think about the prediction that there was some consolidation of some of the mutuals in 2023? I'll go, I'll go four. I'm going to predict four, four mergers or buys. Of specifically of mutuals. Mutuals. Do you have names or is this just a, no, a, a number? It's not really in four. I'm throwing a number. I have to like it, Something's got to break. Yeah, the four that I'm working with, I've got an NDA signed with. No, I'm just teasing. But uh, I think yeah. I think I think Adam's right. Four to five. Like the farm mutuals are are they're realizing that being a ten or fifty million dollar uh, mutual isn't going to cut it anymore. Uh, they need to get size and scale. So you're going to see that continually accelerate. Uh, so I, I think it definitely th uh, three to four would be good. Uh, the bigger mutuals, you know, super difficult for them to, in the next year. Like if Womanisa wanted to demutualize, which I could never see that because every single policyholder they can't do it. Do that. I don't see that happening. They, that? they could, but no, you have can't. to get every single policyholder to vote, right? I don't see that happening anyway. Like their mutual model is working and they've got scale and size. But, uh, you know, I guess I'll throw it back to you, Tom, instead of how many, how, what's the, what size the mutual have to be? in your opinion, to survive in 2023? What's a minimum number? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Like it, it, it boils to me, it boils down to uh, process and, you know, efficiency and talent when it comes to underwriting and pricing. 
And, you know, a, a carrier is typically running about a 10% GNA. So you got 10% of your premium to pay for those kinds of people. So, you know, in my mind, unless you, you, you got it, unless you're 200, 200 million, so you got a $20 million payroll, right? So your actuaries aren't cheap. You know, senior um, product people are not cheap. Systems are not cheap. So I, to me, if, if you're not 200 million, I don't see how you can survive in the 21st century. Okay, so isn't this all very interesting that these smaller mutuals are sort of getting together and there's a big software company out there, Godwire. There's a big software, software company out there for brokers applied. And people have to get together in order to do things. So in order to create efficiencies, whether it's uh, like, come on, it's consolidation on the broker side and on the insurer side, when you're talking about smaller mutuals, they can't do it without each other. They can't compete against, against each other. They have to, they have to align. It's, it's the same uh, to me. Mutual consolidation is exactly the same thing as, you know, it, what's happening on the broker side is that you need to have scale. You need to have skill and talent um, in order to, in order to survive, let alone actually prosper. So it's the same, exactly the same conversation. Yeah. I mean, if Guidewire is saying it, it, it costs them $5 million to build a portal, we're going to need at least five or six of you to, to make one. Well, if, if Aviva is making you have four million to get CPC and then seven, I think the farm mutuals need to be at least minimum fifty million dollars and starting to move up, and they should be closer to a hundred. Like I agree, two hundred million. I think at least minimum fifty million at this point. Like there's a lot of farm mutuals that are you know fifteen twenty at least. Have to, they, I think insurance companies need to be bigger than brokers. No, one hundred percent. Like I again, in order to have the scale to be able to handle the larger risks, I think you need definitely be a hundred million. But there's only a few farm mutuals that are over 100 million right now. Like there's so few. No, but Jeff, they work on a three point return. Like, like it, it's it's going to get like you can't make a capital investment if you have a bad year. Like you could get upside down so quickly. Well, the problem is that they have a bad year and they have a couple bad years. They have to cancel brokers. Like that's what they're doing. They have to get rid of volume. That's what ends up happening. They have very limited weapons to do things. They have to be profitable. They have to jack rates to such a level that they push a lot of their clients away, which they lose volume, which they actually like because it makes their uh, minimum capital test look better. But, uh, yeah, but when you're 15 mil, how do you lose volume? Right. Yeah, that's, as you said, like you're losing value for the company. That's why I said the small ones and the, having the, the the talent to manage a $15 million company, like you can't wear all those hats well enough for it. It's, it's impossible. Regulators, right? We got FISRA, we got Rebo. Where where do FISRA and Rebo go in 2023, guys? And I'll, I'll focus on my Ontario friends here, Adam and Jeff, for that right, one. I'm going to think happy thoughts, and I'm just going to hope and predict they, they get along and uh, feel they can govern well under the, the current structure, because I, I, don't, I don't want any regulator. I don't, I don't want to change this up. Yeah, like it's, I, I kind of feel like we're getting tugged. You know, what's that song? Got to keep it regulated. <laughs> but uh, I feel like we're kind of tugged between the two. I'm a little concerned with FISRA because I don't see any brokers on their board right now. 
I see a direct writer on their board and I'm concerned looking inward of why, you know, the, the brokers seem to be getting all the, all the audits, all everybody's looking at what we're doing. The direct writers seem to have a free pass. And I think optically it looks bad. That's my opinion. And I'm a little concerned that uh, I'd like to see Rebo's done a very good job of regulating us. They're doing the spot checks. They're doing it. So, you know, as Adam says, hopefully they can play well together. We've proven that we could regulate ourselves and we've done a very good job under Rebo uh, over the last 15, 20 years, better than a lot of states. And uh, we've been proactive on a lot of things. So I don't know. I don't know where it ends and where it stops. But I do know that a lot of the stuff has kind of run downhill on the broker. And we've had a lot of extra work added onto our plate to comply with the regulators that nobody else seemed to have to, to deal with. So a little frustrating. You know, I think all brokers feel the same way. We can't say anything about it, but that's kind of what's happened. You know, it's, it is what it is. We got to move on. And, you know, all of us are following the, the, the rules the best of the weekend. Neg another negative pr uh, prediction for 2023 is that we're going to continue to experience high interest rates may dip into a, re a recession that typically puts pressure on underwriting criteria um, on top of where we already are in 2022. Do you guys buy that prediction or do you think it's going to be sunnier days in 2023 for, uh, for underwriting and, and, uh, and, and premiums? I think there's a couple of things I just want to bring up. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure there's a direct answer, but uh, with the reinsurance problems, I think capacity is going to be more of an issue. Uh, the amount of limits and, and things, so some bigger numbered risks may be more difficult with the, the reinsurance. I think we're going to see higher reinsurance premiums going to the companies and get those premiums get passed on to the consumer. So you're going to see a lot higher uh, cost on there. The companies have done a very aggressive job of segmenting their risks and getting rid of anything where they might have two or three or 400 risks and pushing it over to MGAs and MGA business has accelerated greatly. I don't see that changing and I'm not sure how many more times they can slice and dice the same risk to try and make it that much more profitable. So I, you know, I just see rates going up because as I mentioned, uh, I think the last podcast, the insurance to value is a huge problem. Uh, the companies don't feel the MSB, the Marshall Swift Douglas on the commercial or the, the evaluators on the property are adequate and they want to pick up a bunch of rate. So they're going to get rate on the property. So, Tom, you might see a reduction in receipts, but they're going to get enough on the property uh, going up. And uh, again, we still don't know how the results were this year yeah. in commercial. Yeah, so basically you're saying there's going to be a ton of pressure in the commercial sector because rates, are, you know, interest rates are going up. That puts pressure on business. Recession puts pressure on business. And the insurance sector is going to help them out. With, with higher rates. Well, another thing is you usually have higher losses in a recession, right? Because people aren't doing as well. So there's a chance of higher number of losses on top of that. So that puts extra pressure, which you don't prove that's going to happen, but that usually is what happens during a recessionary period. You're going to see more fire losses. can do. There's, there's, there's certainly the evidence of higher fraudulent claims, uh, whether outright fraud or, or exaggerated claims, for sure. I don't know. I think that... Uh... Every company thinks that they're smarter than the next one now. They've got, uh, that's right. Uh, they've got new, uh, so, oh, on that list of things that they were driving for, the other one was understanding data and analytics. And we're looking at everything and we're making ourselves smarter in addition to nicer, in addition to greener and so on. So, what are they going to do to to make themselves that much more accurate? I don't know. Like 
rising interest rates and inflation, uh, from what I've seen over the last 25 and 30 years of being in the business is that we sort of run our own market cycles. And when we need rate, we'll take it. And we chase premium to the bottom and we chase it back up. And it, it, it doesn't matter what's going on with the stock market or anything else going on in the world. We drive our, our prices, our price. And it, let me let me let me jump one in. I'll go to a positive beat on it and say, if you're on this podcast and or listening to this podcast, you are way more plugged in and in tune than than the majority. And this is absolutely going to be a lot of turmoil through rate increases. We've heard from our biggest markets rate increases are coming. All of our commercial clients will have trouble. All of our personal line clients are going to have trouble with their finances and job security and expenses. And and. The plus side of that turmoil is there'll be opportunity for other competitors asleep at the wheel or missing the beat or not staying in touch with their clients. Uh, so that's my positive spin on the turmoil that's coming. So basically what you're saying is if you're a podcast, if you're a listener of our podcast, you are in fact in the above average intelligence. Absolutely. I think so. Or, or misery okay. loves company. All right. So to, to wrap up the 2023 prediction, I'm going to throw another hot take. And I will say, I'm coming from Calgary on this one is that the Leafs will make the playoffs, but as history has shown, they will flame out in the first round. And I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw that to uh, Steve first. Don't let me down one way or another. They always do <laughs> third round. I'm going third round, <laughs> third round, third round, Jeff. Uh, they're definitely going second round. Uh, they're going to make it past the first round. Samson off for Murray. Uh, their defense is uh, playing way better. Uh, they've grown a lot since the injury, so I'm I'm going to say definitely they're going to get a second round. Okay, so so I got first round, Adam's got second round, Jeff's got third round, and Steve basically just says they're going to fuck it up somehow. I'm not exactly sure how. <laughs> okay, on that note, uh, shout out to our sponsor, IFS Premium Finance, and to Garrison's Brewery. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate the support, and uh, we're out. Is retention important to your brokerage? Of course it is. That's why at IFS, we have a cancellation prevention process. Want more details? Give us a call. I know you don't always use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers.